You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. and floorboards to shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And we are here to help you with your home improvement projects. We want to solve do-it-yourself dilemmas. If you've got a decor challenge you're working on, we'd love to talk about that too. But help yourself first by calling us at 1-888-MONEY-PIT. 888-666-3974. We've got a great show planned for you coming up this hour. Water, it's one of your home's worst enemies, and that includes water that collects outside your home. So we're going to talk about the most common sources and causes for poor yard drainage and tell you what you need to do to make it all go away. And also ahead, are you worried about heated air escaping through your windows and doors? Well, you can use weather stripping and caulk, but if you're missing one crucial area, you might as well leave those windows windows just wide open. We're going to tell you what part of your home must be sealed up to prevent heated air from escaping. And this hour, we're giving away a $50 assortment of Thompson's Water Seal products, along with an array of premium painting tools from Purdy. So give us a call right now. The number is 1-888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. Leslie, who's first? Susan in Texas, you've got the Money Pit. How can we help you today? Okay. My house is approximately 100 years old, and it's pretty much been redone. Uh, but I was taking some sheetrock off one of the walls in one of the rooms, and I know that all my walls behind the sheetrock on the walls and ceiling are one by sixes, very close together. And so I was thinking about taking the sheetrock off, I guess staining or doing something with the one by sixes. But I want to know how you seal the cracks, you know, where the one by sixes join each other. They're small cracks. So the one by sixes, are they on top of like plaster or something like that? It sounds like there were furring strips that were put in place to hold the sheetrock. Is that correct? Uh, no. Uh, behind the sheetrock, the one by sixes, and then on top of that one by sixes is Otani wallpaper. Oh, okay. So this is the original walls of the house. All right. Interesting. Yes. So you wouldn't seal the cracks. You would basically celebrate the cracks. You're not going to hide them. So... Uh, what, what would you like to do with the one by? Do you want to paint it or stain it or what? I want to stain it. I want natural wood. Okay. So you've got a big sanding project in front of you, but you can do it. You know, you're going to have to use a pretty coarse sandpaper to cut through whatever's there. Uh, you're going to have to sand them down, and then you can seal that wood, and you can stain it, and you can put a, a, a varnish on it or a urethane on it. I wouldn't use anything with much of a sheen to it. I'd probably use flat or semi-gloss. You can stain it, but then you could use a flat, polyurethane and has no sheen to it. Okay, well, thank you. All right, well, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Tom in Washington's on the line and needs some help building a shed. Tell us what you're working on. We want to add on a good-looking uh, 8 by 20 unheated storage building. We plan to use um, cedar shingles, exterior plywood, 26-gauge metal uh, roofing, 
and I uh, had a couple questions for you. Should I use, it's an unheated, insulated shed. Should I use uh, house wrap like Tyvek or Typar or one of those? Yeah, I think it's not a bad idea to keep, it'll help keep the moisture out of the building. We also have a 8 by 6 uh, greenhouse that's going to be built on the end of it. And I wanted to ask you if um, you need some air circulation vents um, or any special device knowing that the greenhouse is, quote, attached to the you know, unheated storage building. Yeah, I think any greenhouse needs some air, sur- air vents in it, um, if nothing else, just to make it uh, possible for you to work in that in the summer. So I would definitely plan some cross-ventilation into the greenhouse. And was planning on doing three-quarter inch plywood on the floor, half inch on the roof and walls. Is this going to be a wood-framed floor or is it going to be a concrete slab? Framed on two by ten joists. I mean, what kind of foundation are you going to use? Uh, just a pure block concrete. It sounds like you're building this like on a crawl space. You're going to put a footing down, then build up block, and then put the floor structure on top of that. Is that correct? That's correct. Well, then, yeah, you can use three quarters on the floor and half inch on the roof. And then, would I do any caulking or sealing in the seams or cracks, or would the house wrap uh, just be sufficient for the moisture uh, prevention? Well, you just follow good building practice. You put, you'll, you'll use the house wrap, and you'll apply the siding material, and you'll caulk around the windows or doors. Make sure you have the right kind of flashing in place. Keep the water out, and you'll be good to go. Okay, I love your show. Thanks, Tom. We appreciate the call. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit. Marlene in Minnesota is on the line. How can we help you today? We have two uh, aluminum-clad factory-finished garage doors, dark brown in color, or at least they were. Okay. And they're beginning to fade um, due to oxidation and sun exposure. Is there anything we can do to, to restore that finish? Well, not short of painting them, because if you when you say restore them, I mean, that would presume that there's a way to kind of bring back the luster of the original paint finish. But after years of exposure to sun, and especially those darker colors, you do get oxidation where the paint surface is broken down, and you're not going to bring that surface back. The good news is that because they're metal doors, they're fairly straightforward to paint. You want to make sure that you lightly sand the door, and then I would use a metal primer, so a good quality metal priming paint, and then whatever your top coat of paint is going to be beyond that. And if you do that right, because it's metal and it's not organic, so it's not subjected as much to expansion and contraction and certainly not moisture absorption, uh, a good paint job on a metal door like that could easily last 10 years. Okay, well, thank you for your help. You're welcome, Marlene. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Give us a call 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Let us know what you're working on, and we'll give you a hand to get that project done right the first time. We're here whenever you need us at 888-MONEY-PIT. 888-666-3974. Up next, are you worried about heat loss at your home? Well, sealing just one area will be like closing a window that you've left open all winter long. Find out what that is next. Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors? That's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than 100 times higher. Plus, every spring we get sucked with allergens too. Well, Air Doctor is an air purifier that filters out dangerous contaminants like pollen, pet dander, dust mites, and mold. Their Ultra HEPA filter has been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested allergens, including bacteria and viruses. 
That's impressive. Now, Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. And they're offering a special discount to Money Pit listeners. Just head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you'll also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer in right now by going to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-Pro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT. That's airdoctorpro.com, promo code MONEYPIT. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Hey, give us a call right now at 1-888-MONEY-PIT because we want to talk to you. You'll get the answer to your home improvement question. Plus, this hour, we're giving away some Thompson's Water Seal products along with a supply of premium painting tools from Purdy. And these guys make good stuff. Whether you're a skilled pro or a do-it-yourselfer, the Water Seal products can protect your exterior wood items from the elements, and the Purdy painting tools can help make these projects get done easily and accurately. You can find the products at lots of retailers, but we've got a whole collection here we're giving away worth 50 bucks to one lucky caller. Make that you. Pick up the phone and call us at 888-MONEYPIT. Richard in Arizona is on the line with a central air conditioning question. What can we do for you today? As the heat comes into the duct system, uh, you hear this little popping and I call them expansion and contraction noises. When the unit is fully operative and the heat is coming out, it's relatively quiet until it stops and we go through a period of hearing these tingling and popping noises. so that, that's the reason for my call. Is there anything on the market today that might work to quiet down those ducts? The uh, aluminum duct is not uh, wrapped in any form of insulation. The answer is probably not, but let me give you a suggestion. First of all, there's two types of duct noises. When the furnace comes on and the blower comes on, right, do you hear any kind of a pop or a bang when that blower comes on? No. Okay, because sometimes when ducts expand, they'll do what we call oil canning and kind of ping as they sort of flex outward. There is a way to address that. Uh, But if that's not the case, then it sounds to me like you mentioned it earlier, what you're hearing is the expansion of the metal and the expansion of the metal um, where it's attached to the uh, framing. So the only thing I can suggest is if you were to replace those fasteners and put like a strip of a rubber gasket in between, like all across the bottom of the joist, for example, that might quiet that down. But frankly, it's an awful lot of work. And I know it bugs you a lot, but it's an awful lot of work to try to make it quieter. It really is. I think so. It's not going to hurt the system in any way. It may just be a little bit annoying, but it's not going to damage it. I mean, we get the same kind of complaints from plumbing pipes. Sometimes when you turn on your hot water plumbing pipe, uh, it starts to expand and it makes a very similar kind of cricking sound uh, that resonates through the whole pipe. And, you know, again, you can open up the wall and, and, and move the pipes and resecure them and that sort of thing. But it's generally not worth it because it doesn't hurt anything. It's just really just an annoyance. Well, thank you at least for your time and your consideration. Uh, obviously, we, as you can hear, uh, have been here for quite a while. 
and uh, we intend to stay here. As a matter of fact, we'll probably just brick up the windows and turn the house into a mausoleum. <laughs> well, look, you think of it as charm, all right? It's, I don't think it's going to cause you a problem in the night. And it's, it's probably all the houses in that neighborhood probably do the exact same things. It just happens to, happens to be something that, you know, really bothers you. And I certainly can uh, sympathize with that. But rest assured, knowing that it's not causing any damage, okay? No, we know that. So thank you once again for your time and your uh, information. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Heidi in North Carolina is on the line with an electrical problem. How can we help you today? Well, I have a kind of a two-part question. I have an older home. It's about 68 years old. Um, we paid an electrician to come in when we converted over to a heat pump from an oil furnace um, to up our service. And um, we have an old fuse box that are the screw-in type fuses. And when he put the system in, the new um um, electrical box. He was supposed to convert everything over into the new electrical box, and he left the little electrical box, the little fuse box in my kitchen. And unfortunately, he put the new electrical box on the outside of my house. I would be okay, except I'm a single woman, and I don't, you know, safety reasons, I don't think it's really smart, considering I have a full-size right. basement that could easily be put in. So do I need to... I mean, I would never call this guy again, Um for lots of reasons, but do I need to pay somebody else to come in and convert that last part of my home into this other fuse box? Or, um, you know, these little fuses are hard to find, and, you know, when they blow... So it's definitely an active panel, right, the fuse panel? Oh, it's active, yes, sir. Okay. So that's called a sub-panel, and that's going to be a, a sub-panel from the main panel. You said the main panel is now in the basement, or the main panel is outside? It's outside. We have a full basement, and why he put it outside, I have no clue, but he put the main panel. Yeah, that makes no sense, because the only time you usually see full panels outside is maybe a condominium situation, and then they're in utility closets. So I can't imagine why that was done that way. It it doesn't make sense. It sounds to me like you do need a better electrician to come in and take care of this. If it makes you feel any better, the fact that you have a fuse box does not mean that it's unsafe. Fuses are actually quite safe if it's the right size fuse matched against the wire that's hooked up to that circuit. And so to know if that's the case, somebody has to open the panel and say, okay, this is number 14 wire, so it's a 15 amp fuse, and this is number 12 wire, so it's a 20 amp fuse, and so on, and physically write that like right above the fuse on the panel so you know what size to put in there. Because it's too easy with a fuse box to put in a 20 amp fuse on a wire that's only rated for 15 amps, then of course that's potentially unsafe. So it does sound like you need another electrician. It's obviously not a do-it-yourself project. And unless there's some compelling code reason in your part of the country to put that outside, I don't understand why they would have done that. And, you know, you could you could consider rerunning it back to the inside. And, and unfortunately, that's kind of where we're at. It's not an easy fix. It's one that's going to require uh, the investment of a good electrician. All right. Well, thank you very much. Well, imagine leaving a window open all winter long. I mean, think about it. The heat loss, the cold drafts, and all that wasted energy. Well, if your home has a folding attic stair, that might be exactly what is happening every single day. But there is something you can do about it. Yeah, we're talking about attic stair insulators. Now, these are designed to reduce heat loss from an attic ladder access opening. This lightweight product fits through the attic opening from below and then slides into place to cover the opening and encase that 
retractable ladder. Exactly. And if you take just this one extra step, you'll be saving money and you'll be making your home much more comfortable. 888-666-3974. Give us a call right now with your home improvement project. Stephen, New Hampshire, you've got the money pit. How can we help you today? I've been in this house for... Uh... I don't know, maybe 15 years. But the crack was there before. It's in my garage. Okay. And uh, it's it's uh, maybe at the most, it's probably like a half an inch wide. But the, the floor is it's almost like buckled a little bit along okay. the crack line. Okay. Yep. And I'm just trying to figure out what would be the best way to try to repair that. I mean, I know that like uh, where my driveway meets my garage floor, uh, you know, the snow comes in, the rain and everything else. And I do have a drain in the middle of the garage, <clears throat> excuse me, so um, the water does go down the drain. But, I mean, it goes into this crack, and I'm just trying to figure out if there was a way to uh, repair that. I was thinking about maybe uh, breaking it up and cleaning it out and re grouting it or something. You don't have to do anything quite so dramatic, so here's what you would do. Uh, because it's so wide you're going to need um, not only a crack filler, and I would look at the products that are sold by QuickCrete. They have a number of quack, crack fillers, including one that is for wide cracks. It's more like a flowable kind of a product. And before you apply this to the crack, you're going to put something inside of it called a backer rod. So a backer rod is kind of like a foam tube. You know those uh, foam tubes that kids play with in the pool? Like a pool noodle. Yeah, noodles, noodle. like a noodle. It's like, right, it's like yep. a miniature version of that. And you, you press it into the crack so that it basically holds up the crack filler. You'll press it in so that it's, it, it leaves maybe a quarter to a half inch of space from the top of the backer rod to the top of the concrete. And, uh, and then you apply the flowable uh, filler on top of that, and that will stop additional water from getting in there. And by stopping additional water, you're likely to get less movement because it's kind of a vicious cycle where you get water in that crack. It displaces some of the soil, and then the, the slab uh, will, will settle. Now, in terms of where the door meets the floor, if that's not lining up, you may have to do some work to that door. Is it a wood door? No, no. It's, uh, well, what I was talking about there was where the uh, driveway comes into where the slab of the garage meets the you know, where it meets the driveway. So the crack is protruded beyond, and it's like... Oh, uh, beyond it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, well, you can then, you can complete the the crack repair all the way out uh, to the exterior the same way. All right, guys. Thank you very much. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Teddy in Oregon is dealing with a wet foundation. Tell us what's going on. Well, I am blessed with rain and clay soil here in western Oregon, and I have a crawl space that is wet. Uh, I lift up the plastic, and there's mold and salamanders and slugs under there. So I did discover a crack in the foundation, which explains a lot of this moisture. Well, yes and no. You know, concrete foundations and brick foundations are very porous. The fact that you have a crack doesn't mean that that's the only way water is getting through. What this does mean is that you have way too much water collecting on the outside of your house. So what you need to do is to very carefully improve the drainage conditions at the foundation perimeter so that soil slopes away from the house. And even more important than that is to clean your gutter system and extend those downspouts away from the house. That's really critical. If you do that, you will find that it makes a big difference on the amount of water that's getting into that space, and it will dry up quite nicely and, frankly, quite quickly. Okay. Uh, I believe that the 
gutter system is all has pipes out to the street. Yep, you need to be sure that about that. You need to be sure that they're not disconnected or clogged. Mm-hmm. Especially if you've got something underground that you can't monitor or see if it's in fact free flowing, you got to make sure that it's actually going somewhere, it's connected, because the smallest amount of a clog can produce a huge amount of water, you know, in comparison to the amount of a clog inside your house. Okay. Okay. So I'll work on that and um, grade the soil away from the house. Now, right now, I have. Uh, I was all set to buy a dehumidifier, and then someone told me, "No, that won't do you any good." So I put a fan on either end—one blowing in and one blowing out—so uh, it could go out the vents. So look, the solution here is not to try to get rid of the moisture that's there; it's to stop it from going there in the first place. So you need to follow our advice on this which is specifically to improve the drainage conditions of the foundation perimeter. There's advice on how to do this online at moneypit.com. It's one of the most common questions we get asked, and the solution is really quite simple, okay? Okay, yeah. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Well, water, it can be your home's worst enemy, even if it's on the outside. We're going to tell you the most common spots for water to collect on your property and then how you need to divert it away from your yard after this. Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy. Having safe, clean water is the last thing you want to worry about, but unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants right in its tap water. That's why we are thrilled to be working with AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and is specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAs in your water supply. And they have water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. They even have a Wi-Fi-connected purifier and mineral boost options. And its proprietary purification technology is independently tested by IATMO to NSF and ANSI standards to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAs known as forever chemicals, nitrate, and many more. I can truly taste the difference when I compare it with my old water filter. AquaTrue saves you money also. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you'll save the environment from tons of plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. And today, Money Pit listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to aquatrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to aquatrue.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T. Money Pit. The Money Pit is brought to you by Lutron's new Maestro Occupancy Sensing Switch. Never ask, who left the lights on again? Starting at around $20, this motion-sensing light switch turns the lights on automatically when you walk into a room and off when you leave and works with all types of light bulbs. Learn more at LutronSensors.com. 
making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Well, water can be a home's worst enemy, and one of the most vulnerable spots for water to collect is actually around your home in your yard. There's lots of things you can do, though, to control that water. That's right. Here to tell us how to do that is Ryan Larson, a.k.a. Dr. Drainage, a civil engineer with NDS. Welcome, Dr. Drainage. Well, thank you for having me. So, Ryan, I spent 20 years as a professional home inspector, and one of the most common questions uh, we got was about how to stop a basement from leaking. And it almost always came down to three things, drainage, drainage, and more drainage. And most of that drainage was outside. Because when the water was collecting in the yard and around the foundation perimeter, it was headed right for the basement. And the good news is that's not that complicated a fix to make. No, it's not. In all the the years that I've been designing drainage plans for homes and here with NDS, taking thousands of calls each year and, and doing outside research, we found that there are very common problems to most homes just like the one you stated. As water collects, does it usually start with sort of a low-lying area? That's where it all ponds, and that's kind of where the solution begins? It is, and the most common place for that to to happen is below the the rain gutter downspout. Right, right, and that, of course, leads to the wet basements and the wet crawl spaces, but we also see uh, ponding that ends up, say, in the middle of backyards. I've had folks tell me that they've got, you know, the equivalent of a swimming pool or a skating rink because water sits in the middle of a, of, a, of a backyard. So what's the approach to getting rid of that water? The most, the easiest approach is to collect the water. Use, there's a variety of applications or, or products that you can use to collect that water. And once you have it collected, to drain it to, um, the easiest way is generally to drain it to the street. But that's depending on the regulations of your municipality. Yeah, and what they let you do. So in terms of that collection strategy, NDS makes drainage products like uh, perforated pipe and that sort of thing, correct? We actually don't make the perforated pipe. We manufacture um, your, your catch basins, your drain grates that you see in the ground. Um, we have dry wells. We have all the collection products. So not the pipe that transports it. Okay. So is that the where you start with those low-lying areas? Do you insert uh, some sort of a collection device like a dry well to uh, collect that water and then take the uh, take the spill off from that dry well, run it through a pipe uh, downhill, hopefully, <laughs> out to the street? Is that the best way to handle that? Yes. And so that's where you run into, um, based on your, or your municipality and their regulations, the easiest, like we were saying, is to collect and to run it either through a, a dry well or through a catch basin, a grate, some sort of collection device, and run it to the street. Now, if your municipality does not allow you to drain to the street, or if, like you were saying, you don't have the slope or to get the water flowing downhill, you have to store the, ground, store the water underground on your site, we also have those storage um, devices as well. You know, Ryan, I think it's interesting that people will first react to when there's something unsightly, like if they've got a muddy area or they can't use a certain part of their yard. But I don't think they realize how much damage drainage issues can cause in your home. I mean, what are some of the things that could happen to your house? The most common problems that you'll see is water damage in your basement or your your crawl space, like you were talking. Or if you have enough water, you can have your foundation settle and crack. Um, can lead to termites, can lead to mold and mildew, um, and just the general nuisance of having that musty, moldy smell in your home. Now, if you do have a problem with water uh, 
around the house that's collecting, I would imagine the best time to work on that would be in the so-called dry season. So you have to be a little disciplined about this because you don't want to be digging through wet, you know, muddy dirt to get these systems in place, correct? Yeah. I mean, no one wants to be out digging in the rain or when they're, you're dealing with muddy soil. You know, digging in the, in the mud, your, your holes aren't going to hold up and you're going to be, to be fighting against yourself and fighting against the water the whole time. So now, before the, the big rain start, is the time to actually get going before the rain comes. We're talking to Ryan Larson. He's a civil engineer and goes by the nickname Dr. Drainage. He's with NDS, a manufacturer that makes a number of good, solid drainage products. So, um, Ryan, where do you draw the line between a simple grading fix and one where you actually need to install some drainage equipment? For example, in the years I spent as a home inspector, we often would advise that uh, folks not only get those downspouts and leaders extended from the foundation, uh, but also sort of regrade that foundation perimeter so that we have soil that slopes away. That will work, but only for a certain amount of water, right? If it gets too excessive, even the grading is not going to move, move, move that moisture, correct? That's true. The, you always want to, regardless of your home, you want to make sure that the, the dirt right next to your home um, adjacent to the foundation is built up so that water is draining away from the home. Regardless of your drainage system, whether you have one or not, that is the first step. Now, a lot of people will try to dig what they call just a little swale, a, a shallow depression, and hope that water can drain around the yards. Those will work temporarily and for a short time. If you have nothing else you can do, then do that. But anytime you have standing water is when you'll want to collect it. Well, the good news is that there are some great solutions, and NDS is a company that uh, provides the year that you're going to need to get those done on your house. And the great advice and direction of Ryan Larson, also known as Dr. Drainage. Ryan, thank you so much for stopping by the Money Pit. We really appreciate your information. Well, thank you. And if anyone has any questions or problems, I'd be more than happy to help. They can email me at drdrainage at ndspro.com. And that website, again, is NDS. DSPro.com. All right, still to come. Winter storms can pop up unexpectedly or more likely be much worse than they're predicted. We'll tell you about the emergency supplies you need to have on hand to help you weather any storm next. You live in a body pit. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call at 888-MONEY-PIT. We want to hear from you and help you out with what you're working on. And we also want to give you away some great home improvement products to help you get your projects done. Now, this hour, we've got up for grabs an assortment of Thompson's water seal products and an array of premium painting tools from Purdy. I mean, this is awesome. So you don't have to be a pro and you're going to get pro results just because the products are so fantastic. You can find them at a ton of different stores. Pretty much wherever you go, you'll see the Purdy sign and you'll also see the Thompson's water seal products. We've got a $50 prize pack up for grabs going to one lucky caller that we draw at random this hour. The number is 1-888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. Scott in North Dakota is on the line with a water heater question. What's going on? I got a cabin that we're going to remodel. And I was wondering if it's better to go with a tankless water heater or a tank one, because we got, well, we got to drain everything in the winter, but I was kind of looking online and stuff, and the difference between them, and the the tankless ones only raise it a a certain amount of temperature, and uh, up here, the groundwater is usually about 
40 degrees. So, so first of all, we're talking about an electric water heater versus versus an electric tankless. Correct. Yep. 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 I would definitely go with an electric water heater, and I would install that water heater on a timer, so that you can control when it comes on and off, because you know, especially being a vacation property. You're not going to want that on in the middle of the day. You're probably going to want to have on, come on for a few hours in the morning and a few hours in the evening, and that will save you a lot of costs. Well, great. That answered a lot of questions. All right. Well, good luck with that project, Scott. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, winter storms can pop up very quickly, but if you think through a couple of preparation steps right now, you can avoid everything from minor annoyances to major problems. First, one of the more difficult situations to get yourself out of is when your car gets stuck in snow. Really frustrating. The tires can spin endlessly with no traction. You're not going to get anywhere. So a tip, keep a bag of kitty litter or bird seed handy, you know, like in your trunk. You can spread that under the tires and it will help improve the traction and it might just get you out of that jam. Mm-hmm. You know, another thing are de-icers. That's a great thing to keep on hand. Also, especially for your car's windshield. Now, you can make your own de-icer from one teaspoon of a grease-fighting dish detergent, like Dawn, one teaspoon of rubbing alcohol, and a half a gallon of warm water. Now, you can also use this solution on driveways and walkways and windshields to prevent those wet surfaces from freezing over. You want to use it before the storm, and you'll keep ice from bonding to those hard surfaces. Next, choose the right shovel. If you look for one with an ergonomic handle and a nonstick surface, you'll be good to go. Yeah, but if you've already got a good shovel, here's a hack that you've probably never thought of. Spray your snow shovel with cooking spray or a lubricant like WD-40. That snow is going to slide right off, which makes shoveling a little bit easier for you. It's still going to hurt your back and your arms and everything else, but at least the snow will come sliding right off the shovel. Now, in case you have a power outage, why not freeze plastic bags of water ahead of time? And then when the power goes out, you can use these in your fridge to help keep your food cold. Now, you can also use outside spaces to keep food from spoiling. If the temperature outside is 40 degrees or below, you can put hearty perishables like fruits and veggies in a cooler and just leave them on your deck, your patio, or your front porch. 888-666-3974. Hey, do you have a home improvement question we can help with? Pick up the phone right now. We are standing by to do just that. Elvis from Texas is on the line. He is in the building, and he has a question about <laughs> plumbing. Elvis, what can we do for you? Uh, my wife and I had a house built, uh, started back in early 2005, and it's uh, in Lubbock. Houses are, are made on concrete slabs. Yep. Before they poured the slab, they put in a all the plumbing was installed, and instead of copper plumbing, which was in kind of short supply back in 2005, the going thing then was called KITEC. I think it's K-I-T-E-C, and it's a it's a double-walled plastic pipe with aluminum in the center. Uh, instead of regular connections, it uses, uh, my understanding, a bronze connector, and we've had a couple of small problems with the plumbing. But it seems as though I've read that the bronze can cause a desinkification in the copper. And I'm wondering if there's been any studies done, if there's different fittings that can be replaced. If the plumbing has to be replaced, uh, it'd be very labor-intensive to go underneath the house. And we get down to fairly low winters, maybe to zero. And I don't think I'd want any plumbing overhead where it could freeze. Or if you have any suggestions or thoughts. Yeah, Elvis, the problem with Kitec plumbing is, as you suspect, the late, the fittings will leak. 
Now, what's interesting is that Kitech starts with PEX, which is cross-link polyethylene, which by itself, and as installed today, is actually an excellent plumbing pipe with fittings that don't leak. But the Kitech system has definitely had a history of leaking. In fact, uh, there are many class action lawsuits over that product that are active and going on around the country. You certainly should investigate those that you may qualify to join. Unfortunately, your solutions only include really replacing it. And what I would advise you to do is to only replace it where it's accessible. I mean, I wouldn't create the emergency if the emergency doesn't exist. So I'm not going to tell you to tear open your walls and pull all the plumbing out and start from scratch. But I would say that if you do happen to be doing a bathroom renovation or you open a wall and you find Kitech, it should be sort of a matter of course where you always replace it. Because it's not going to get any better. It's only going to get worse. Not news only to hear, but kind of what I suspect. Yep. Unfortunately, that's the case. Every once in a while, we get a, a, a building product like that, and I've seen it happen many times over the years. And there's just no way to make it better because at its core, it's a defective system. Okay, no way to just replace the fittings. It's just going to be the pipe itself too will have problems. That's correct. So I would attach it to a plumbing, to copper piping, or to traditional PEX piping. Okay, so I can talk to some local plumbers and, and discuss it from that point. Exactly. I hope that helps you out. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Still ahead, reclaimed furniture can be a great way to save money and the environment. But you have to take one extra step to make sure old furniture is safe. We'll tell you what you need to know after this. You live in a body pit. Making good homes better, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And hey, Money Pit listeners, the Money Pit e-newsletter is another good source of home improvement tips. You can sign up for it at moneypit.com and get it free every Friday. All right. And then you can always go to moneypit.com anytime when you're looking for a project or how to do a project or if you want to ask us for help, just like Sid did, who writes, I have water leaking from my chimney through the flue and into my basement. This has happened twice, both times we had rain with heavy winds. Any idea what's causing this and a possible solution? Yeah. I mean, keeping water out of your chimney, Sid, is really important, but sometimes it definitely can feel like an uphill battle. What I would recommend you do is use a product called a masonry sealer for your chimney. Now, masonry sealers are silicone-based, and they do a pretty good job of keeping out wind-driven rain. But you want to make sure you buy one that's listed as water permeable, because water permeable means that water can evaporate out and not freeze and eventually crack the brick. It's a do-it-yourself project that it can be brushed on like paint or even sprayed on. And you know what, Sid, while you're working on the chimney, why don't you check the top of the cap? If you see any cracks in there, those are also going to have to be sealed. I mean, you can do that with a caulk, so it's really not that difficult, but you want to make sure you get rid of all of those water access points. Well, using found items, you know, like old furniture and that sort of thing, is a great way to decorate. There are lots and lots of vintage pieces just waiting for the right touch. And you know the saying, one man's trash is another man's treasure. But you need to be careful about reusing some of those older items, especially in kids' rooms. Leslie has advice on what to look for in this week's edition of Leslie's Last Word. Yeah, you know, if you do decide to do some dumpster diving to save cash... You want to be really careful about which vintage pieces you choose for your child's room. First of all, you don't want to get anything with old, chipping, or even potentially lead-based paint 
on it. And you also want to make sure that you stay away from furniture with out-of-date latches and hardware like chests and cribs. Now, if you are in the market for something like that, you can check on CSPC.gov. That's the Consumer Product Safety Commission.gov. And that'll list recalled items there. So if you do see a crib or something that's interesting that, you know, really involves some child safety precautions, do make sure that there has not been a recall on it before you start to salvage those old pieces. You know, salvaging furnishings is really a great way to save money and help Mother Nature and keep the planet green. So you want to look for pieces that have their finishes sort of intact so that you're able to, you know, rough up the surface to put on the new finish or remove whatever existing paint or finish is there so that you may refinish. You want to look for pieces that can be multifunctional. You know, don't be afraid to look at a dresser and turn that into a changing table. By adding a simple one by two rail around the sides, you can then put a changing pad in there and it becomes a super functional and highly stylish changing table. So don't be afraid to think of multi-purposing things or repurposing items that they weren't normally used for. And again, with kids' rooms, safety is the most important Also, look for interesting vintage fabrics, old bedding that you can turn into window shades or draperies or make into a bed skirt. Don't be afraid to sew, and you don't have to know how to sew. There's a little something called stitch witch or heat bond. You can iron all of your hems and make things beautiful that are ironed together, and no one will be the wiser. Very cool tip. So you basically can glue the fabric together. Pretty much. I mean, as long as it's not, you know, something that's really going to get a lot of wear and tear, like I wouldn't stitch witch or fuse bond like a jacket, but I would like a pillowcase for like a decorative pillow or a bed skirt onto an existing bed skirt or some decorative detail onto a shade. I mean, really easy ways to do it. Great advice. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Coming up next time on the program, sometimes all that a home improvement project needs to get done is heat in the way of a torch, a heat gun, or maybe even a soldering iron. But finding the right combination of temperature and tools can be tricky. Learn which tool you'll need for your next project on the next edition of the Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. 